0: And uh, I got uh, Ian to read um, those few verses from John chapter 3. Um, and uh, I just want to uh, have a look at that for a moment. In John chapter 3, um, this is uh, the great passage, John chapter 3. It's where Jesus um, has a kind of a secret meeting, as it were. It's no secret to Jesus, but Nicodemus comes at night to meet Jesus, to chat. He doesn't want anyone to see him. So he sneaks in, in the dark, and he comes to speak to Jesus, and he says, You know, Jesus, what's going on? (laughs) Basically, that's what he said. What's happening? What's happening? Or in the actual words of Scripture, I'll read this. He says, No one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. Have you recognised at times in your life that God is really with you? Have you been in situations where no way could that have happened unless God was with me? Have you? I could tell you so many, so many, so many different ones. Uh, India is obviously one of the places, and um, I've I've brought a little clip. I think it's I don't know three or four minutes. I'm not sure about you know we uh, is it six minutes? Done? Oh, it's six minutes, but it's six minutes of good news. Okay, so we'll watch this, and this is you know I've told you we we, we put wells in villages, remote villages. And I just think this is worth sharing, so I don't know if we can get that. Amen. That's good, that, isn't it? And in this uh, passage that we've got in John's uh, in John's gospel here, I just want to... Um, we, know, we know that the Bible says, For God so loved the world, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But the verses before that I asked uh, Ian to read... Um, I'll just find them on here. They were, um, not normally that we read those. Uh, and um says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. The Son of Man being Jesus, of course. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the, in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Everyone. Everyone, you know, and uh, Peter says, "God, God isn't slow as we understand slow," He doesn't want anyone to perish. So we all know people who don't know Jesus, don't we? We all know people that really uh, to, to know Jesus would be great. And so I thought we'd have a look at that in Numbers chapter twenty. I thought we'd have a little look at um, the story of the the snake. Okay, it's actually Numbers twenty-one verse four. But in Numbers 20, before we get to this point, they said, the Israelites, they've come out of Egypt, they were slaves and they needed new life. They needed something, needed to change. Is there something in your life that needs to change? This is a question that God wants to ask us. Is there something that you would like to change? Could it be anxiety? Could it be fear? Could it be sickness? What is it that you need to come to God with today because you want God to Put his hand on you. Is there something? And uh, so the Israelites, they de- desperately needed to come out of, uh, out of Egypt. Uh, they were, they were enslaved. And so they came out of Egypt. And you know the story, they go through the Red Sea. But not long after going through the Red Sea, they're grumbling. There's nothing to drink. And, uh, God has to bring them water out of a rock. And you find that in Numbers 20. Um, I've, I've realized that Wherever God and the Holy Spirit uh, is, water always seems to be a key. You know you need water to live, don't you? If we don't drink water, we'll die, won't we? So it is in our spiritual life. Water represents the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit to live as Christians, as born-again Christians. We need the Spirit to be able to raise up our hands and worship God. We need the Spirit It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to do that, because the flesh will say, "No, I ain't doing that." Anybody been there? Have you ever been there, sat there, people are worshiping you, lifting their hands, and you think, "No, I'm not doing that today." I feel miserable. I feel cheesed off. I can't. I'm angry. When our flesh emotions get the better of us, they put a block and almost a wall between us and God in the Spirit, because the Spirit is enabled. Our flesh is stronger, quite often. Because we are flesh But if we would just surrender to the flesh Say well okay I know I'm feeling that way But that's not right because in the spirit I want to worship God I want to praise God Sometimes we don't feel like praying do we? Or is that just me? You you can communicate if you like You can smile, nod and put your hand up Yeah that's me It's okay Sometimes we don't feel like praying So override that feeling I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to pray pray anyway. We sung that song, Blessed Be Your Name. And in that, it's a similar sort of situation. When even in the darkness, Lord, yet I will praise you. But if we're really honest, in the darkness, Lord, we don't always feel like praising God, do we? We don't. And I'm not saying that we need to go through life, yeah, 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 singing and dancing all. Because life, there's a time for mourning. There's a time for pain. There's times, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it's, there's time for this time for that and the Israelites they were brought and it was their time to come out of Egypt and it was their time to walk with God and when I got born again it was my time and when you were born again it was your time what are you doing with your time as a born again Christian what are you doing with your time walking with Jesus what are you doing with your time believing in God because we have a time and we are in time but God's outside time so what do we do with this gift of time and the Israelites, it was their time. But they just didn't get it somehow. Why? Because they were human like you and I. You know, we can sometimes look and point the finger at the Israelites thinking, well, they should have known better. I can't believe that they did that. What? he just brought water out of rot, He's just brought them to the Red Sea. He's rescued them. And now the morning that they've no food and the morning that they've no water. Well, I'm, I think if I were in the desert with no water, thirsty, I think I might be caught up in the complaining, might you? You know when everything just doesn't go right? Anybody complain? <laughs> now and again. Now and again. But somehow, God wants us to rise above our gripes and our grumblings and our moaning about this and that. Rise above that. And even in the darkness yet, Lord, I will praise you. Amen. Teach me how to worship now. In the darkness, Lord. Yeah, I will praise you. And so here they are. We pick up in uh, Numbers 21. It says, they travel from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea. So they're traveling along towards the Red Sea, it says. But guess what? The people grew impatient on the way. Are we an impatient people sometimes? <laughs> What's your patience like? Scale of 1 to 10. Anybody a 5? Put your hand up if you're on a 5. Five being like an even, you know, sometimes I'm patient, sometimes I'm not. What about one being the least patient ever? Who's a one? Who's near one? Come on, be honest. We are sometimes, aren't we, I want. What about driving? Anybody impatient with driving? <laughs> yeah. You know what? We are. And it's okay. God knows. It's okay. He doesn't want us to continue in our impatience. Let me just give you a little tip, okay? If you're impatient, pray against impatience. Bind the impatience up and loose patience. Bind the impatience up and loose patience. If you're angry, bind the anger up and loose. Love. Bind and loose. Jesus talks about binding and loosing, but bind it. It's a spiritual principle and it's done through prayer. We all have something that we struggle with. We all do. And these Israelites were no different. It says they were impatient. And then it says, "But And they spoke against God and against Moses. What on earth have you brought us out of Egypt? What have you brought us out of Egypt for? What? To die in this desert? For what? We might as well have carried on making bricks. There's no bread. There's no water. And we detest this miserable food. God fed them with manna. We detest it. Miserable food. It's don't even taste nice. And there's no salt. <laughs> or tomato ketchup. It's miserable. There's nothing. It's just rubbish. And this is what they're complaining. There's no water. We detest it. And then it said, listen this. Do you think, the, do you think God were pleased with that? Uh-uh. He wasn't. Because God, he, he just did all these things and He brought them out and He chose them. This is my people. We are God's people. We are God's chosen. You are chosen by God. Did you know that? He's chosen you. Do you think he likes it when we're impatient and when we're grumbling, when we're moaning about this and that? No, he doesn't. He wants us to stop doing that. There's a greater, greater, much far bigger picture than we could imagine. We have to learn to trust him. And this is what God's saying. He wants to learn to trust. He says in verse 6, you think it's a bit harsh, this Lord. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, they bit the people and many died. That'll learn them. <laughs> Won't grumble anymore. And you can probably think, well, it serves a bright. What a harsh thing to do. What a tough thing to do. He sent, he sent snakes. And then it said, oh, no, the people came to Moses and said, Lord God. No, he no, said, Moses, Moses, we've sinned. We've grumbled against the Lord and we've grumbled against you. We've grumbled, we're mourning. Why did you bring us up out of here? We've we've sinned. Will you pray? Will you pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us? Will you pray that the Lord will take the snakes? Are killing the people. The snakes are killing the people. Let me tell you something, right? We are a chosen people. But the snakes are killing the people. The snakes represent sinfulness. We know in in the garden, Adam and Eve, who was it that deceived Adam? The snake, it was a serpent, it was Satan, came as a snake, deceived them, brought sin into the world. The snakes killing the people. What snakes is killing you these days? What is it that the snake is that's trying to destroy you? It could be anything. It could be a number of things. Particularly in our society today, there's so many things, isn't there? What is it? Is there something that's killing your walk with God? Is there something that's killing your hunger and thirst? Is it apathy? Is it disappointment? Is it, oh God, you're not listening, Lord, where are you? Where are you? We need you, God. What is it? What is it? Is it a a snake that's trying to destroy us? Is there a snake inside my thinking? That I'll never, you know, I'm, I, I can't, I can't cope with this. I can't cope with the family. They're so difficult. I can't cope with work. It's so hard. I can't cope with this. I can't cope with that. And all, all of a sudden that snake, it entangles round us. It almost squeezes the life out of us. And when it does that, there was nothing left for Jesus. And it was the snakes that were killing the people. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away. Lord God, I'm impatient. Will you take it away from me? Pray. Lord, I get angry. Will you take it away? Lord, I have got an addiction that I can't seem to shake. Will you take it away from me? Lord, I've got... Father God, I I can't stop looking at pornography. Will you take it away? Lord, I can't stop getting angry, Lord. Will you take it away? Lord God, I can't stop spending money that I haven't got. Will you take it away, Lord? Lord, I can't even find the time, at times I, I struggle to pray. Will you take it away, Lord? Lord, will you take the snakes away? We all have snakes. I'm afraid of tomorrow. Don't let the snake rob you of all that God wants for you. The snakes here, they were robbing the Israelites of all that God, and they They died. So what did God say? The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. Isn't it interesting how God chose the very thing that was killing them to be the very thing that if they looked at, they would be healed? God wants us to look at our snakes in the face, eyeball to eyeball, and see it for what it is, and just break it. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. My anger, my frustration, my, my pain. It could be something that happened to you, my unforgiveness, years and years ago. It's a snake that can stop you from moving forward. God wants to free us from our snakes. I'm sure that that's what he wants to tell us this morning. I'm convinced that we all have them. And that's what he wants to do. So he says, Moses made a bronze snake and he put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. They could have got bitten and stayed in the tent and thought, I ain't looking at that snake, forget that. And they'd they died. The healing process was there. The answer to the situation was there. The answer to us in our lives is Jesus Christ. Jesus. In John, he said he was... was, uh, Like like uh, in the desert, like the bronze snake that was lifted up. Jesus himself was lifted up on a cross. For you and me, what do we have to do? We have to look to him. We have to come to him and look to him. And when we look to him and we see the sin that he has taken off us, that we are now guilt free. We're saved. We're born again. He gives us new life. When the Israelites looked at the snake, what did they have? They had life. If they didn't look at the snake, what did they have? They had death. It's the same picture. This is probably the most, one of the most prophetic pictures of the coming Messiah and what would happen to him than anything in all scripture. And it's right there at the beginning. And it's right there with the Israelites, a chosen people. We are a chosen people. You are a chosen people. This church, this building, this place is chosen by God. Surely, We need to stop looking at our snakes and start to look to Jesus. We need to stop looking at all that isn't good and start looking at all that is good. This is good news. We have good news. God wants to fill you with his spirit, wants to fill me with his spirit, wants to unite us together. All the grumblings, and there'll be grumblings in church, let's face it, wherever there's people, there's grumblings. It's true, isn't it? Let's be honest. Isn't it true? I bet there's not a church in the land where there's not people that are falling out somewhere along the line or grumbling. I bet there isn't. Why? Because there's people there. It's the same in every workplace. It is. Oh, my goodness. They fall out for some of the craziest stuff. It's the same in school. It's the same, isn't it? Would you agree? It's the same. There's always grumbling. wherever Somebody's got something against something or a problem about this. And it's no different. And God wants us to be different. If we are chosen people, okay, God wants us to be different. So he's lifted Jesus up. And we have to look to Jesus. So God's saying, get rid of the snakes. How do we do that? We do it by prayer. We come before God. You know, in, uh, in Galatians, it talks about the acts of sinful nature. You know, it actually talks about fits of rage, anger. It talks about that. I can remember when like, God spoke to me quite clearly, because that was me. He said, Peter, that's you. You need to get rid of it. Do you know how I got rid of that snake? I kept praying against it. I kept binding it up. And do you know what? Three months, six months later, it had gone. Do I still get angry? Now and again, yeah. It comes in. It tries to bite me on the heel, but no. He said, under our heel. They're under our feet. What is it that you're wrestling with in life today that is robbing you of the walk that Jesus has got for you? What is it that's stopping you from from worshipping God in an amazing way, in a free way? If Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness... Are we in the fullness of God? Are we living that? It's good to ask us these questions, isn't it? But I love the fact that when God's word, when he challenges us, because this is a challenging word, isn't it? Would you feel challenged? I don't know. I think, yeah, that's a little bit like me sometimes. And we don't like being challenged, do we? And we don't like being told that we shouldn't be angry, even when we are angry, even when we think we can can justify it. We don't like it, do we? We don't like somebody telling us. It talks about, you know, if if your brother... Is caught or your sister's caught in a sin, go to him and speak to them. What do we do? We go and tell everybody else. <laughs> we do. But we're supposed to go and tell them. If I caught Ian in a sin and, and I thought, you know, I don't know, I caught him stealing money out the offering plate, I thought, Why what, Ian, what are you doing? So I go and tell Eric, you can't believe this, Ian's nicking money out of the offering plate. You're joking. No, I saw him. Are you sure? Yeah, well, watch for it next week. <laughs> Sure enough, he does it again, so Eric, wow, well, what are we gonna do with this? Not my first call's Ian. Ian, what are you doing nicking that money out of the offering plate? What are you doing stealing money out of the offering plate? Do you not know that that's devoted to God? Ian, that's not good. And what is Ian gonna do? He's either gonna carry on stealing, or he's gonna not steal. If he carries on stealing, then I'll go to Eric. Eric, I've had a word with Ian, I caught him stealing. But he's still doing it. Come with me and have a word with him. Me and Eric will come and have a chat with you. Ian. Eric will give him a slap. Pull yourself together. He can still carry on stealing. The only way you'll stop stealing, Ian, is if you you break it, you get rid of the snake. Amen? Because if you carry on, then we've got the whole church involved. What do we do? We get the whole church involved first. Is that not true? It is true it is true so somebody does something and it's not that great it like goes through church like gh, gh, gh. it does doesn't it yeah it does and we mumble and we grumble and we just like this but that's not God's way okay first of whoever it is that catches Ian stealing you've got to you've got to stop him you've got to see him and that's what the scripture explains because why does it say that because there's none of us perfect one might be stealing, and another might be impatient, another might be getting angry, and another might be on drugs and another might be drinking, and another might be smacking somebody, beating people up. It's the snakes, and God wants us to take care of the snakes. But what did he do? He brought a human being in our likeness. okay? The snakes kill, so he brought a snake to, for him to look at to be healed. Sin kills human beings. So he brought a human being and he put the sin on him. All the sin. And what happened? He didn't die. And when we look at Jesus Christ, we won't die either. That's good news. That's good news. And on that foundation, that is what we should build our churches on. The power of God. The love of God. We have to, we have to come before our God. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, and we'll be saved. Moses made the bronze snake. When anyone was bitten by a snake, they looked at the bronze snake. They lived. Jesus said to Nicodemus, "Listen, listen, Nicodemus, you don't get it." It's a great. It's a great chapter, is John three. I want to recommend that you read the whole chapter. Don't just read "For God so loved the world." John three sixteen. Read the whole chapter and drink it in. Thirsty, get thirsty for it. And just look at it. It's beautiful. It's everything spelt out there. Everything. Right early in John's gospel. You know, John started that the word became flesh. And dwelt amongst us. This Jesus. And this flesh, that this word that became flesh is now in a conversation with Nicodemus. Who's on the religious side and can't get his head around what's going on. And that's what's happening. it's beautiful. And he says, unless you are born again you might enter the kingdom of heaven. It's possible you could get into the kingdom of heaven through the back door, maybe. It's possible that if you've got a bit of money on you, you'll be able to buy your way in. No, unless, unless you're born again, you will not enter. So we must be born again. How do we be born again? How do we be born again? We look at the Son of God that was lifted up, amen. We just need to come every now and again, come back to that place, to the cross. Because, I don't know about you, but once, once you kind of like, just like the Israelites, we're no different. Once the church of like wandered off a little bit, they started grumbling. And sometimes in our Christian walk with God, when it's not all going just as we'd like it, Jesus, you promised me uh, life and life to its full. I didn't think I'd still have problems. We forget the part of the way Jesus said, you'll always have problems. You'll always have problems. And it's the same here and so I want to uh, I want to close by just giving you a reminder, okay Anyone thirsty come to God, be thirsty, be thirsty. get rid of the snakes, pray against them, bind them up, get rid of them. don't accept them and don't, and don't think, well, that's just who I am. no no no, no. That's not who you are. That's who you used to be. You're now born again. And the problem is, we get born again and we still think we're that same person. But we're not. When we're born again, we become a new creation. We are new in Christ. Amen? We are new. So we need to put that on and wear it. I'm new. I'm no longer that angry person. Yeah, but you still get angry. Yeah, I know I do. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to break that. I'm no longer that person. I'm the person that I want to follow Jesus. That's where we are. I wonder this morning where we are. How we? How are we in our own walk? What is your walk with God like? What is my walk with God like? Is there any snakes that you want to get rid of? Is there anything that you think you know? I want to get this rid of these snakes. Is there anybody that wants to give the life to Jesus? You know, I'm a great believer that you can. um, It doesn't just have to be a one thing. It can be a refresher. You can refresh. You know, like you reboot a computer. And you refresh it. Refresh it. I'm a great believer that God leaves clues everywhere. Sometimes we just need to refresh. Sometimes we need to come and repent and say, Father God, I'm really sorry. I need to repent. I, I've, I've got it wrong. I don't know how I'm here. I don't know why I'm in this place. But you know what? We can press the refresh button. And we can come to God and we can repent. We can say, Lord, I'm sorry. Refresh me because I want to do what you want me to do. Amen. This is our God. So I wonder if I, I'll just like to close in prayer. Uh, I'm going to pray. And I, I don't know where you are today. And I don't know if God spoke to you at all in any way uh, this morning. I hope and pray that he has. I hope, he's pray, I hope he spoke to you as a church. I hope he spoke to you as an individual. I hope that he spoke something into your heart and into your soul because when we come together and we worship like we worship on a Sunday we set time out God knows that we're coming God's not surprised when we turn up on a Sunday morning okay we're surprised when we see some people I me. wow I didn't think they'd come never thought I'd see them again have you ever seen that it's true isn't it God's not surprised so let me pray Father God we thank you Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. We thank you, Lord, there's a mystery in it all. Thank you, Lord God, that you've prepared a place for us. Thank you, Father, that you breathe on us by your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you reminded us of the bronze snake. Thank you, Jesus, that you wanted us to learn something from this passage, that snakes in life are not always that good for us. They can bite us and they hurt. So Lord, for every one of us in this room, there'll be some probably hurting this morning, some not their own doing, some the consequence of other people's actions, some the consequences of their own actions, our own actions, oh God. I pray, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, that you will take every heart, every life, and refresh us, oh God. Would you refresh us? Whatever it is, oh God, and whatever it takes, would you lead us and guide us, I pray. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.